Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, sunshines. You are listening to the Evolvepreneur After Hours podcast, and I am your host, Christine Campbell-Rappin, and I'm on a complete and utter mission to help entrepreneurs make a difference in the world. It is about navigating the messy world of startup, growth, reinvention, and the occasional plot twist. Join me today. We're going to be diving deep into the experience of our guest as she shares the lessons she learned, the best concepts, and collectively, we will help you fast track your business. In today's episode, we have a guest, Pratty Bat. I'm so excited. She's a fascinating woman. You're going to love her. She has been the founder of T4ia, and she is a tea developer by profession that was trained by an ex-Indian tea master. That might make her possibly the only female tea developer trained by an Indian tea master. How cool is that? She creates teas based on the person's personality, mindset, birthplace, geographical location, taste buds, spiritual growth, and spiritual growth, making Tforia the most unique tea company in the world. I am super excited because she's about unlocking the inner wisdom and intelligence, listening to your body via the ancient wisdom of tea and herbs to achieve Shiva consciousness and infinite version of themselves. Super excited to have you on our guest. A very warm welcome. I want to know, did you imagine you would be an entrepreneur? Hi, Christine. Thank you so much for that. Like, well, that was an amazing um, intro. Thank you. Uh, did I imagine that I'll be an entrepreneur? Um, can I actually be very brutal and say yes like i know a lot of people yeah like why it just happened and um in my life yes and i can tell you exactly why as well (laughs) absolutely i i will tell you you do not have to be an accidental entrepreneur to be on our podcast i am actually (laughs) like you i knew it from a young age i am i thank god i don't know how to hear your story (laughs) now let's tell us all Okay, so I was born in India. Um, I lived in India. I, I, I mean, I grew up in India and moved to Australia at the age of 21. I'm 35, uh, almost 35 right now. Um, and uh, why did I always know that I was going to be an entrepreneur? It's because there's something embedded in my mind, and I call that in its ancient wisdom as well. Uh, I was born in the family of entrepreneurs, uh, in the lineage of my family and the current, present, every living person, everybody is a very successful entrepreneur. Uh, very, every single person is a very successful entrepreneur, my family. Um, and we talk about embedded memories. When you're born in that kind of family, uh, it's actually, when you're growing up, you listen to those talks. You you understand that mindset. You understand that wisdom. And then I was taken away from that wisdom at the very early age of 9 to 10 when a lot of shifts happened in our life where I was taken from riches of the entrepreneurs to dirt poverty for another 11 years to come. Uh, and my mom struggling to make the ends meet. Um, but the embedded memory never left. And that's why I always knew that's what I'm born for. Um, you, your life may bring you to like a full circle from like difficulties to crazy difficulties, 
but you know what you are. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there is truth to that. You know, entrepreneurship is is a journey, and it's not all straight lined. And it, 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 if anybody tells you it's rainbows and unicorns, run for the hills would be my best business advice. But when you do have that inner knowing, it's a calling, and it it compels you to do it. But one thing that that doesn't necessarily translate to is that you have the skill set to be an entrepreneur. You may have the heart and vision of being an entrepreneur, but talk to me about that first little bit of, okay, I am really doing this. Tell me about what it was when you first made that leap into it. Was it what you expected or was it harder than you imagined? It's always hard than you imagine. I think so. Uh, only I think very few cases I've seen that they're overnight success. I think it's because um, our mind can very, very complicated. It's very capable of oversimplifying, finding at the same time, overcomplicating um, the reality. So it's very um, two sides of the same coin situation. We live in the dimension of the, of life. So um, when I started, when I'm my, when I was getting trained by my team master. I didn't have the idea that this is how it's going to happen or what's going to happen. But because uh, I was just getting trained, I was focused. It was hardest thing. Um, a T is not easy to understand. It's one of the most complicated things. My master spent 50 years in his career. And in his on his last day when he was dying, he said the same thing. Like, I'm still learning. So I knew that it's going to be a full-on learning journey. Um, but I think, like, again, I temp- tapped into my industry. Uh when after one year of market research in Melbourne, understanding what I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do, uh, and it looked really hard. And I had no idea that I knew that I have zero skill set and I didn't know how to make money. And I was like, okay, this is going to be, I don't know what to do now. So when I came to Perth, when I moved to Perth and I decided like, okay, today I'm going to start my business. The first thing I did was I traveled to India, tapped back into my ancestry um, and tapped back like, why is everybody in my family an entrepreneur? Why do I born in a state where most businesses thrive? Like I'll come from a space where most businesses thrive. Maybe we have created a space for businesses to live and breed. What did we do differently from other states in India? What What's going on? And I actually asked these questions to um, people around me, people uh, like, you know, I called them. I actually traveled back there. I I like, you know, ask my family members, some of them who would, who would easily comply with me, would easily answer those questions. And, um, and I realized one thing that you need to, like you said, you need to have a heart for it, but you need to have a brutal honesty for it. Like, and that those are the skill set that you need first to tap into. They said, like, they taught me one thing, like money first and <laughs> Are you okay? I am sorry. I just had a sneeze. Sneezing <laughs> too. Um, then they taught me one thing. They're like brutal honesty. Business doesn't exist if money doesn't exist. You need to have that bloodline flowing. Um, money first. And make sure that your whatever your product is, uh, that's not what's going to sell. It's who you are that's going to sell. Like who you, who are you? If you don't have the answer to that question, um and I'm like what do you mean so my grandfather's story that really resonated because he was a typist amongst 40 different typists who were running their own little typist venture 
under the court system and he was the wealthiest. That's because of who he was. People loved him uh, for how much charity he did, for how much, for the kind of knowledge he passed on, for typing without money sometimes because someone would really need it, um, for just being so generous all the time. And everyone would refer, remember him. And he's like, who you are? Why do you want, why do you want people to remember you? What do you want to give? Uh, what would you do without money tomorrow? And what would you take money for today? And if you can't answer those questions, you can't cultivate those skill sets. And uh, I think that made a lot of, made my life clear, I guess. <laughs> I think that's fabulous advice. And, and I think, you know, many times we don't have the sounding board when we first start and acquiring a sounding board is one of the best skill set and escalation strategies I know. And it's interesting because when you, when you take this knowledge and go, okay, I know the product and the product is complex and people um, will come to you because you've had this really unique mentorship in your journey. And, and I think that that's certainly a compelling you know, uniqueness to you in the marketplace. But then talk to me about when you, someone says, you know, people do business with who you are. And as a fledgling entrepreneur, it's hard to own that. How do you start the conversation with launching products, getting with customers, and sort of starting to gain clarity, momentum in this? This feels like flow. I am being, and people are attracted to that. Tell me what that experience was, was like for you. It wasn't always like that. The first, first year was a lot of push and pull. Because uh, I had lo lost a lot of belief system in myself. And uh, sometimes even when you see results, you don't believe them. Sometimes when you see people buying from you, you don't think you're enough. Or sometimes people are actually putting worth, like, you know, money um, onto your product. And you still think like, oh, this is not going to last. And you're going to have all those doubts. And I had them as well. You, I was thinking like, it's going to fall any moment. My dream's going to shatter any minute. This is all fake, you know. So, um. I think uh, that that's where how I began, but I yes I was blessed to have mentorship, but it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's gonna do something with their mentorship. I think I'm gonna put it this way: all of us somewhere had teachers and people who showed us something, or were trying to show us something, or said some things that were really, really important. Were we ready to pay attention to it? Um, that was the thing when my mentor told me the first time that I'm a team master and uh, I'm in the last days of my life he actually said that it was a very old fragile but very insightful masterful person uh, it's a long story why he did that conversation with me uh, he knew my mother at some point uh, as a because my mother used to sew the senior center and cook there and he was, he didn't, he didn't have any idea that he wants to teach someone, but he just said like, this is a gift that my family never took on, but I wish more people would know this. Uh, and, and I was walking outside that building and I was just, I was like, what was he trying to say? Does it mean that he wants me as much as I want? Like, do you mean like mentors want students as badly as students want as mentor nothing is one-way traffic do you mean like he would love to train somebody in the last days of his life um does it have to be a family member what if this is my opportunity 
a trend back and said like would you train me i want to be a tea developer and he said like he said if you give your all i will train you everything like uh and i actually gave up next day i resigned from my job like i didn't want to think more <laughs> well i think there's a there's a great no truth that you know people say success like speed and and making good decisions the instinct knows trust it we often don't when you say you know the teachers are there but how often have you had knowledge or mentorship and they haven't failed in their delivery you have perhaps not heeded the learning or you're not in the place yet to leverage to accept to embrace and all kinds of paths may be blocked I'm curious when you look back on that journey, how do you care for his legacy and what you do now? He, I care for his legacy because the first lesson he taught me as a mentor, again, 50 years in business and meant so much for him. The first thing he said, like, the first thing he actually said was, again, not, not what I expected. He said, like, uh, no money, no business. So make sure that you value your skill set because there's not going to be anyone like you. But also make sure that, like, you know, again, what do you stand for? Like, what? why do you love it so much? And... What can you keep giving as like, you know, continuing and what do you truly want to understand about tea? Like they so much, they so much, but what do you want to understand about it? And that's what people's going to, people going to take from you. Like that's what, um, and I think that's what I give because I, I made a choice of intention that what I want to learn from it. I wanted to learn that why am I so much in love with one particular tea that if I don't get it exactly the way it is, I don't like it. And then he explained me how the neuroscience behind it. He explained me that um, how taste buds can, like, you know, actually help you develop your brain, how these herbs are working on your healing process. It's actually not addiction. Addiction is something that will make you feel sad if you don't have it. Uh, but he actually made me really, really face-to-face -face with my emotions that if I don't have that kind of tea, what does that make me feel? And I'm like, make me think about it, but I'm not sad. And he's like, if you don't have it for a month, I'm like, I'll be like really looking forward to the time I'll have it. And I'm like, it's like, if you don't have it for a year and I'm like, I'll travel places to find it. And then he's like, so you're not addicted. So he's like, he showed me the difference between addiction and love, uh, and he's like, now can you love your customers like that? Uh, that if you don't have them, you'll be excited to teach someone or to pass on the knowledge. If you don't have them for a year, you go to places to find your real customers. Uh, he's like, everything should be treated like that. Um, but if you're addicted, you're sad, you, you, you play up, you actually become fidgety. Uh, you're annoyed with it. You're angry. It takes over your mind. It takes over. It takes control. Um, and he's like, if that's what your relationship is with something, then you don't want to do it. <laughs> I love it. That is very wise. And I, and I, I think that it really does put a different shift on the journey you're on. And so I'm curious, 
you know, you, you've come from, you know, it, it, you're thinking about your business in the early days that this is a product. It's, it's a product that has so much more meaning to you. How do you start attracting a client who appreciates not just it for its product, but for the experience of you, for the experience that you're creating around this business, for the experience and the knowledge of what this tea has the propensity to do, the possibility to do? And how do you start to build that experience? Because I think that's where you create a really unique place in the marketplace. How do you start that transition? Even that was a hard journey. I would say that I was like, you know, giving that experience to people by just creating uh, different kind of teas. And it started coming out of my experiences. Um, so I'll tell you one, one, ex one experience that I had. Um, I went to my doctor uh, and I was low in iron. I've never been, I'm a vegetarian, but I've never been low in iron. Like, but suddenly I went down and I didn't realize what shifted in my body to do that because I've never had that issue before. Um, and I've been vegetarian since birth, you know, so it could be something, could be something that I don't know, shift of season, whatever. I went to the doctors and said like, I'm going to do a blood test. He did it. And his idea behind it was, he actually said these words. He said that if you are a cow, you can absorb iron from vegetables. But if you're a human, you're designed to eat meat only. Uh, and I did not like it. I'm like, look, I'm like, that's the worst advice I've ever heard. I'm born in a Hindu family. Uh, Buddhists, Hindus, we are all mostly vegetarian. And we're not running out of iron. Something must have happened. So you, your job is to figure out what happened. Your job is to not give me like random advice, not even knowing who I am, where I come from, how my body operates, how do I absorb shit stuff. Like you're telling me from your life because wherever you come from and whatever you have fed in that information space zone and you're not even making an attempt for two seconds to know why. And that changed. I was like, do I want to be treated like that? No. Uh, do I want to treat people like that? No. Um, I was like, how did I feel just now? And I'm like, damn it. I just felt like, what did just happen? What, what just happened? Like, and he said, I'm going to write you a prescription. I'm like, no, thank you. I actually didn't take it from him. I'm like, no, no, thank you. No, no offense, but no, thank you. And I walked out. I didn't say any offensive words to him. I didn't have to. I just had to say no to something that I didn't resonate with. Like, and um, I went home and uh, sat down for six hours and formulated a high iron tea powder that I then uh, put it on Facebook. Few people responded, got them on the call. Ask them their journeys, their life. Where do they come from? Where are they born? What do they feel? What's changed? Have they always been like that? Did something shifted these days? What shifted in their lifestyle five months ago, six months ago, one month ago, one day ago? What shifted and what are they holding on to inside their body? It started tapping into the energy that stuck in their body at certain places. Because um, uh, I felt it. I was like, uh, I was having a left shoulder pain and every time the left shoulder pain arised, something arised in my life that was I was holding on to. And I started asking them about the same questions and that my customers loved it. So not, not only that made me give them the power and I told them that the pain is your power. It's not your, it's not something that's wrong with you. It's trying to talk with you. I can, I'm going to ask you about you and get to know you. But I'm going to ask you to do the same to yourself. Get to know yourself. What's, what's trying to talk to you? 
And then I started designing teas based on their mindset, based on where they're coming from, based on where they're born, selecting ingredients from their country that will suit them better because they're designed to absorb that the most. Uh, like, you know, and that, and then started designing specific meditations that go with that, uh, that I designed after that interview. Uh, and some meditations come with my program because they're too intense to do it alone. And, uh, and the kind of shifts I started seeing was mind blowing. So I think it's all about, that's what made me feel that, that that's what hurt me. I was like, I don't want that experience. I don't want others to have that experience. Um, I want somebody to care who I am and I'm going to do the same for others. Yeah. I always think the success in business to me has always been much simpler. And I actually always say elegantly simple. If you show up as a good human being and remember that people like to connect, conversation is what moves it. I think what is so powerful about what you said is I listened. I was curious. I created safe space to understand. I didn't rush to a solution. You know, the, the fact that you were formulating, you were, you know, that that seems not only strikingly beautiful, but but the way that we are seeking mm. support from 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 today in the world that we're in. I'm curious, you know, you've, you've been on this tremendous journey and, and I know you're still seeing so much great potential before you. As you cast your vision into the future, what is the challenge that you see your business facing or you personally facing as you continue to seek growth, seek to disrupt how people look at health and, and how you could be a significant place to support that journey? What is the, what is the challenge that, that you see on the horizon? Trust. I think only one word comes to me. Um, again, I've uh, I've embedded like what I've done in, in my office is in my business room is like I've put a coin and I've stuck um, like a dollar coin on the wall. And what that means is that we always live in two dimensional universe in our head, multi dimensional, but two dimension is always existent. The yin and yang which the ancient Chinese and the Indian figured out ages ago. Um, trust in disrupting the medical industry where people had, we are objects. Yes, that's what I'm trying to disrupt, that you start, it's time that we start to care about ourselves. It's start, time that start, we start listening to who we are. It's time that we put the trust where we need to, not where we are forced and designed and designed to you like you know we are designed to put trust into certain things mm -hmm. but we're not only few people make a choice to put trust into uh something that will actually make a difference mm -hmm. and we are also designed to stay and feel broken or feel bad about ourselves that something's we need to shift something we need to we need to cure something we need to fix something yeah mm -hmm. uh, nothing's it, I, I believe that Nothing's broken. If something's if something's not working, that means it just it's a nudge. It's a happy nudge from the universe. You know, don't pay attention, it turns into pain. If you pay attention, it's an amazing journey. Um so trust in that process and trust in themselves. That's the other side of the story. Do you trust yourself? Like, do you trust yourself you can do this? Um uh, yes, you will need help like from people like me. There are other people like me who really mean it. Uh um but can you trust uh, that and can you trust yourself? Can you trust the process of yin and yang and not go for the 
quick shot band-aid effect that you know has not worked, that you know will not work long-term, that you know it will jump back. It's an elastic effect. The far you pull, you would think you're going further, but as soon as you let go of it, it goes back to where it started. Do you want to live in that zone? I think that's the biggest challenge that am I, uh, to get people trusting that, uh, that's the biggest challenge I think right now. And I hope that I'm going to overcome it the happy way, uh, the way I want it to be. <laughs> Love it. Well, life is by design. So I want to play the yin and yang. So we've talked about the biggest obstacle. I want to flip the coin and say, what is the biggest hope? What, what, what gets you moving and excited and percolating with creativity as you look to the future? What's the hope? side against the obstacle you face what's the hope side ah. oh i love it uh the hope side is when people will truly try to understand that what happens to them someone hurt them or they're hurting or what happens to them is is life showing you where you can grow the bigger your hurt is the bigger your growth is if you have been hurt big you're not hated by the universe but there's so much the universe wants you to do that means you can expand that big like you know um there's there's no limit to what you can expand to and and i always when people argue with that like no it doesn't have to be that way i'm like no there has to be kensho and satori in japanese where there's softness and there's harshness but if you um how would you know that you can expand into something if you don't know that there is a gap there um and that's what you need to pay attention to and be very truthful to yourself and not mask it so say the truth have your feeling and where you can go from there and that's the hope and i think like there's so much hope around that, that when people will start feeling that way and so empowered inside, um, they can start absorbing that wisdom of ancient science of what I'm trying to explain it to them. It's inside the, it's inside every, everywhere. I use the technique of herbs uh, and your own body energies and combine them together, uh, the ancient wisdom of them, but you can use it in so many ways. That's where the hope is, I believe. I love it, guys. This has been such a fun conversation. You know, we've taken the journey from, you know, a path that you didn't see coming to the ancient wisdom, to the echoes in your storyline, to the challenges of learning to pilot, learning to test, learning to feedback, learning to figure out what makes me stand out in the marketplace and saying it's not smooth sailing. But I think it's I think there's great wisdom here. The truth is there is so much possibility. It is about disrupting. It is about trust. And guys, this has been a super fun episode. It This is another wrap to the Evolpreneur After Hours show. But before you go, a couple of things. If you love this episode, please go give us a five-star review. And if you are an entrepreneur or know a great entrepreneur who would love to share their story and get the word out, make sure you come and be a guest. Please be sure to subscribe for future episodes on the Evolpreneur after hours show. And guys, if you're an entrepreneur, remember this journey may not be smooth sailing, but so much hope is possible when you trust yourself. And that is what we have learned from Patty today. Thank you very much for being our guest. Guys, we will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much.